Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Time now for a China perspective where we turn our attention to headlines coming out of China. Yes, of course. From China's reaction to that shot down of the Chinese balloon flying across North America and South America now, supposedly veered off course as well to China's growing mutual political trust with Russia. Oh, uh, on the line with us is Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, good afternoon. How are you? A very good afternoon to all of you, indeed. <laughs> yeah, usually it's morning when we speak, uh, but here we <laughs> go. Right, let's let's right. try and do this. Yeah. Let's talk about that balloon that veered off course, or, or Beijing saying that it veered off course, uh, the U.S. deciding to shoot it down, of course. I, I want to get your perspective from a very political point of view. Do you think China has, you know, kept their cool in terms of how they've reacted and managed the fallout of this situation? Well, it depends on how you define, shall we say, coolness, uh, on, on the one hand, uh, of course, if you define coolness as being like not saying anything, China did say something. I think a spokesperson, I think it's a military spokesperson, said something like, well, it's just a civilian uh, balloon uh, or airship uh, veering uh, off course into U.S. and so on. So the U.S. was taking it as a big deal and then shut it down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on the other hand, uh, if you define uh, Kunas has been uh, able to, uh, well, respond as such. Well, then they did respond, uh, I mean, they, they did respond as such. So it depends. Uh, but uh, I think on the one hand, perhaps they were trying to look at something in the U.S. On the other hand, they were also trying to demonstrate, shall we say, their military and scientific capabilities here. Doctor, with all the mistrust going on between Beijing and Washington, though, did you think it was wise for China to do this if it was deliberately flying a balloon over American airspace? We are looking at a very different China nowadays. We are no longer looking at a very reticent China. We are looking at a China, number one, as I said, very eager Hmm. to show off its technological and military progress. And on the other hand, it is uh, China which is not shy in having a rather, uh, should we say, hard confrontational attitude towards the U.S. here. So mm. it's more like we're doing it because we can and we're showing off what we That's can right. do. That's right, yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. We, we also have... Uh the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, postponing his trip uh, as a result of this incident. Are we likely to see a reschedule? How important is it that a reschedule happens to sort of put China-U.S. relations back on track? Because uh, it did kind of go well after the G20 uh, and in November last year. Well, I think it would happen, uh, let's say, in a month or two of uh, U.S. Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken, visiting China. But... Of course, uh, the data could not be announced. These are two of the world's largest superpowers. Uh, you could not be like, you know, the, not meeting each other over such an incident here. Mm. All right, let's move on, uh, Doctor. Australian think tank Lowly Institute's recent analysis found that the U.S. remains the most powerful country in Asia and China is only second. Um, do you think China is getting close to becoming more influential in this region or do you think this, this finding is even biased? Well, it depends on how you look at it again, so your perspective and so on. If you are looking at uh, the commercial, the trade, the investment aspects, uh, I think China has long surpassed the U.S. Uh, it is uh, the, the largest trading partners of almost all of the major 
economies in the region in East Asia. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you look at it from a military perspective, of course, the United States uh, still commands some of the most advanced military assets uh, in the world and uh, deploying them uh, in this part of the world. So, yeah, I think China is uh, catching up, but I think it would not be very long before China is almost par with the United States here. Mm. Uh, any chance those uh, COVID lockdowns, perhaps, uh, the border closures might have played a part, and then looking ahead to 2023, now that China's reopened, could we see a change in that influence? Well, the COVID uh, pandemic has uh, dented uh, China's uh, economic uh, interactions in this part of the world. And, thing, and, and, and now that they are opening up, I think they are trying to uh, catch up, uh, to play catch up with that, uh, mm. namely to redouble the efforts to engage economically with the region. We are talking about military engagements. Of course, uh, that is not quite welcomed by a lot of countries in the region here. Yeah. And of course, we have seen uh, during China's zero COVID lockdown policy that, uh, you know, the world's uh, economic recovery was not full steam ahead because we were missing a very vital component uh, economically. Indeed, uh, you saw China's uh, supply chain and uh, a lot of factories in China closing down to, during the pandemic. And those were actually the, shall we say, the unsung key actors in terms of China's interactions with the rest of the uh, region. Mm-hmm. I think there's a hope pin on them now that China has reversed its COVID policy. That hopefully is uh, with the opening up uh, of this factory, this supply chain, then the region could again benefit from China's uh, economic progress here. We are speaking with Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs, uh, taking a look at headlines that are coming out of China. Of course, let's uh, move on to China's relationship with Russia. Dr. O, there was a trip by Vice Foreign Minister Ma Chaoshu to Russia, solidifying the political trust between the two nations. I guess, you know, what's on everyone's minds is... uh, it's safe to say this relationship between China and Russia are going to continue to evolve. Um, do you think other countries like the U.S. would be worried about this? Well, I think uh, China is attempting uh, to play both hands. On the one hand, of course, it has a very solid uh, bilateral relations with Russia. I think a month before the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine, China uh, had their head of state, Putin, and uh, see. Uh, having a solidified relationship. But uh, on the other hand, uh, of course, uh, would not like to be ostracized by, shall we say, the mainstream of the international community by uh, engaging too deeply with Russia. That's why you see in this particular engagement, it is only the vice uh, foreign minister who was going to Russia and not the foreign minister himself. Ah, so you need to read into who is uh, going there. All right, uh, the Australian yep. and Chinese trade ministers also had the, held their first bilateral meeting, first time in three years. So uh, what uh, would be the outcome of this one? Well, that particular meeting, as I read it up, was on Zoom or, uh, or some other such online platform. It was not a physical meeting and uh, there was no concrete uh, commitment from one uh, side or the other. Of course, the Australian side, I think, was very much looking forward to China lifting the sanctions on a lot of 
imports uh, from Australia into China. And the Chinese side, of course, would like uh, the, uh, the Australian side to be less pliable to uh, the United States here. Yeah. Mm. We've been speaking with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Uh, Dr. O, as always, we appreciate your time. You take care and have a great evening ahead. Well, thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.